Good afternoon and welcome to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. This show is created with the intention of empowering others to help and love themselves. Aside from weekly skin tips, you will hear me spotlight extraordinary souls from around the world who are making a difference by helping others in their own unique way. Together, we can all make a difference, and it starts with love, love from the hip. Proprioception, also referred to as kinesthesia, is an awareness of where our limbs and our bodies are positioned in space. Some scientists refer to it as a silent sixth sense. Proprioception is what allows one to walk in complete darkness without losing balance. It is a sense that is never turned off. It is both touch and proprioception which help to give us visual information and navigate the world around us. It has been recently discovered, however, that some people, although extremely rare, experience what it is like for their proprioceptive sense to be turned off. In fact, in a study conducted by the National Institute of Health, two sisters were asked to go from touching a ball to touching their nose with their eyes closed. Once these two women closed their eyes, all location of their body was lost and they couldn't touch their noses. They became completely disoriented. Even with her eyes open, one sister still couldn't feel the ball she knew she was touching. The reason for this was discovered roughly 10 years ago at the Scripps Research Institute. As it turns out, the researchers found two receptors, piezo-1 and piezo-2. Piezo-1 is our body's built-in blood pressure monitoring system. Piezo-2 acts as a doorway through which physical forces enter the nervous system and ascend into our conscious awareness. People who have a non-functioning piezo-2 gene are left with lifelong impairments with touch, proprioception, and movement. And because these people have never experienced life with proprioception, they have no idea what they are missing. Piezo-2 can be found on the nerve endings of muscle spindles. So when the muscles are stretched, others contract, and piezo-2 then transmits the information to your spinal cord to determine where your limbs are and also to keep your spine in line. Those with piezo-2 lack proper posture because their muscles in their backs are not telling their brains how to align their spine. To explain what a lost proprioceptive perception feels like, think of a time when your leg fell asleep, perhaps after sitting on it for a long period of time in which your circulation gets cut off. For a brief period, although it feels like forever, you cannot feel your leg or your foot. You may then shake it out, rub your leg, or even stamp your foot, which are all strong proprioceptive stimuli used to restore normal sensation. Many people lacking piezo-2 use their own senses to compensate for what they are lacking, and blind people know this all too well. In fact, mobility of the visually impaired requires even greater proprioception, and oftentimes it can be weakened due to the lack of visual calibration. The proprioceptive senses can be made worse when there are difficulties with tactile and visual senses. Proprioception operates closely with the sense of touch. So for a visually impaired person, it is vital to be able to feel or touch in order to have an idea of the world around them. One modality that helps blind children with developing a stronger proprioception sense is yoga. Yoga increases motor planning by teaching the body and the brain new movements. It increases body and spatial awareness by making the body move in new ways. So by assisting the body to move into the current place around the body, and by having the proprioceptive feedback given to the brain from that position, 
The child then has a better understanding of their body and the space around them. Not to mention, yoga being a meditative and calming activity forces the participant to be present. As a fully sighted person, think of your own yoga experience when you were asked to close your eyes. Each pose with your eyes open and then shut were like two different poses. Your focus had to increase and deepen when your eyes were closed, especially when in balancing poses. Also, your sense of calmness increased when your eyes were closed in seated poses and shavasana. When your eyes were shut, it ultimately allowed you to drop away from what you perceived others to be thinking of you. But most importantly, it allowed you to be truly present. And it is this ability to be fully present and in the moment which allows one to connect with their subconscious, their higher self, their intuition, their vocal sixth sense. A visually impaired person, although their proprioception may be weakened, their sixth sense, that of subconsciously knowing or suspecting something beyond the realm of conscious reasoning, proves to be quite strong. Their gut instinct or intuition is heightened because it needs to be, and they had to develop a strong sense of trust with it early on, which many of us fully sighted people struggle all of our lives to do. We all have a knowing without exactly knowing how we know it. The visually impaired have an even greater sense of this awareness because they are not distracted by sight. And even though they are not distracted by sight, they are still great seers into a world we fully sighted people work hard at seeing. As Stevie Wonder said, just because a man lacks the use of his eyes doesn't mean he lacks vision. Today on Love from the Hip, I have the pleasure of interviewing Delisha Richardson. Delisha is legally blind. She will explain how COVID has affected her and how she is helping others like her to navigate this world during this trying time. So stick around after this quick break. Hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep, sustainable life changes. Let Sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind. Rid yourself of negative behaviors, fears, pains, and emotions. Weight loss, smoking, childhood drama, chronic pain, and much more can be addressed. Begin healing now. Just $100 for the first session. Learn more. Sakura Skin and Mind.com. S A K U R A Skin and mind.com bring out the healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had no other station delivers this much variety alternative talk 1150 welcome back to love from the hip i'm spiritual hypnotherapist master esthetician and your host sakura sutter and don't forget to follow me on instagram and facebook and to subscribe and share my youtube channel and podcast love from the hip that's hyp anywhere you can find podcasts today i have the pleasure of having delisha richardson on my show so Delisha is legally blind and is assisting others like her through her YouTube channel, Delisha's Life. Hey, Delisha, thanks for joining us today. Hello, thanks for having me. <laughs> and where are you joining us from? Springfield, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I went there for a fourth grade field trip. I just will have you know. <laughs> and I have Lincoln, to, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I have to give a shout out to you because you're a fellow Chicagoan. So thank you oh, for yes. joining me. <laughs> we stick together. So, Delisha, were you born blind? No, I was. Oh, sorry. Yes, I was. Sorry. No, that's okay. I was born blind. Um, I had, I believe, two or three surgeries, and they were able to get some sight for me. Mm -hmm. But, um, yes, I was born blind. I, I don't believe I could see any light or anything. But when I came to the um, 
um, to America, to the States, we, my grandmother adopted me and um, proceeded to get me checked over at the doctor. And um, with those three surgeries, I, um, here I am today with some sight, uh, some usable sight. <laughs> okay. And so how would you describe what you can see to my fellow listeners? Um, I would say they put, I'm under the category of legal blindness, but if if me and you were together, I would say I see 5% of what you can see, but legal blindness is 10%. Is is that's, that's what legal blindness is. Okay. And what is the condition called that you were born with? My condition is Lieber's congenital amaurosis. Um, don't, don't ask me how to spell all of that, but <laughs> I won't do that to you, <laughs> but that's what I was, um, uh, my eye condition is. Okay. So can I ask you with having, you know, one sense impaired, do you feel like it did heighten your intuition for you? Um, I feel like my hearing for sure. And then my nose, but like smelling sense of smell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I, sometimes I hear things and I ask someone who I'm with, even another visually impaired person, like my boyfriend, I'm like, did you hear that? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so you're hearing some inner voices. Yeah. Yeah. So you believe you've had this kind of connection then with your inner guidance. Yes. And maybe a younger age. Yes. When I was younger, I feel like it was more heightened and I was more aware without even really, you know, understanding or, or knowing. Yeah. Okay. And and you had mentioned to me earlier, what are some other ways that the sixth sense showed up for you as a child? Well, when I was um, younger, there's there are a few, but the main one I really remember is with my grandmother, my um she was already very sick and bedridden. And her, so I think her ch- children knew it was getting to the end for her. So a few of them came over and we were all sitting together. I'm pretty sure we barbecued and, you know, played music and everything. All of, all of her uh, grandchildren, we were together. And it was a rainy night. And I remember the day before my birthday. Um, and they, my family were was planning to throw me a surprise party and I remember not really wanting to go with my dad um but they wanted me to go spend the night because of whatever reason and when it was raining it was storming so bad but the my grandmother's room which was downstairs her uh all of the power went out except for the light in her bedroom and the uh, radio, which was playing gospel music, and it was just like really strange. Mm-hmm. So that was that was one instance, um, and I just remember not wanting to go and having a bad dream when I did eventually go. Like I think I threw a tantrum uh-huh. <laughs> about going, um, but when I went to my dad's house, I had a bad dream, and I was old enough to not wet the bed, like to know you know, not to do that anymore and right. to get up and go to the bathroom. And that, when I woke up after that dream, I had wet the bed. And I remember the dream, the only two colors and the only thing I can tell you about the dream is was red and I'm assuming black because it was a, another dark color, but I couldn't 
tell you what was going on in that dream. I just remember feeling really shaken up and my dad getting the phone call and my uh, grandmother who raised me telling him that his grandmother passed away and for us to come back out to the house. Hmm. So these were always, and you had mentioned earlier that these were always happening around your birthday. Is that correct? Yes. Always like a week, I would say a week out from my birthday or at least a couple of days before my birthday. And I just always had a feeling like, don't throw me a birthday party. And even it's like just growing up, it's always been a thing that I didn't want to celebrate because I associated that, you know. With someone dying in your family. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine. And that probably made you also suppress that, that gift, right? So you haven't used that muscle in a while. No. (laughs) Okay. Well, I want to touch back into that, but we're going to have to take another break. So everyone stick around for more Love from the Hip. Men, care for your skin properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers their Gentleman's Groom Clinical Facial for just $120. Designed for your rugged skin, a deep cleansing clinical facial is like a one-two-three punch to wrinkles, age spots, and problem skin. Tame those brows, ears, and nostrils. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A SkinAndMind.com The veil is a line between physical and non-physical realities, between spirit and matter. Listen in to Go Beyond the Veil, an exciting new show every second Wednesday of each month from 2 to 3 p.m. In this engaging and informational jam-packed radio hour, hosts Sakura Sutter and Rory Reich interview folks who make a living crossing the veil, assisting others on their journeys of healing and self-discovery. Drawing from their own experiences, Sakura and Rory have come to realize how challenging it can be to understand it all. So they will ask the hard questions to not only reveal more truths and clarity, but in an effort to make spiritual sense. They hope by offering you, the listener, a resource where science meets spirituality that you too can finally put your skepticism to rest once and for all. So join them as they go Beyond the Veil. Did you know that your skin is your body's first defense against disease and infection? BrioTech knows and has developed their topical skin spray to enhance your skin's natural healing responses and defenses. BrioTech is all about providing its customers products that help promote skin wellness. BrioTech Topical Skin Spray is a light misting spray free of added fragrance, oil, alcohol, and parabens. All this protection without clogging your pores. It's a must addition to your all-around daily skincare regimen. Try BrioTech, a collection of sprayers from two ounces to eight ounces. With this bundle, you can have BrioTech topical skin spray wherever life takes you. All natural and safe to use from head to toe. Irritations, redness, post-procedure sensitivities? Get BrioTech topical skin spray today. Learn more at BrioTechUSA.com. That's B-R-I-O-T-E-C-H-U-S-A dot com. Support your skin at BrioTechUSA.com. And use promo code BRIOONAIR for 10% off your purchase. That's BRIOONAIR 
for 10% off your purchase at BrioTechUSA.com. Find out the latest about your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Check out 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And feel free to send me a shout out at sakuralovefromthehip.com. Let me know what you think. Today, I have the pleasure of having Delisha Richardson on my show. So, Delisha, do you, are you jumping back into working up that intuitive muscle? I would like to. I would like to find some um, downtime and um, time to myself to see if I can tap back into it. Yeah. I was thinking about maybe talking um, with my grandmother and just like, because she's also really, she's more into it. Her and her sister are Mm -hmm. really, you know, involved into it than I have been. So yeah, maybe that's why you should go to. (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah. We all have those mentors. So can I talk to you about, so at what age did you go to the Illinois School of the Visually Impaired? Um, the age, I'm not, I'm not really sure age, but I do remember I was in sixth grade. Okay. And why um, did you choose to go there? Well, my reasoning was, mine was because my two best friends were there and (laughs) we've been going to school for like, since we were in third, two of us were in third and one of us was in second. So since that age, so we always stuck together as much as we could. Yeah. Okay. Um, and in what so, ways did it differ from public school? It um, it was different because it was a dorm um, setting, so you had to stay on campus like you were, you would if you went to college or mm-hmm. um, something like that. And so we only went home every other weekend, and sometimes it was a stretch of like three weeks before we go home. Only mainly in the winter time because of ice storms and things like that. So it was kind of hard. My first first few months being away from my family because I was used to waking up at home in my bed. Yeah, (laughs) I bet. So what were some of the activities that you partaked in? Uh, Well, personally, I did track, um, um, cheerleading, and a sport called gold ball, that's G-O-A-L, ball. And um, And it was really nice to feel included. (laughs) So. (laughs) So let's let's break those down. So track. So how is that different? with track how did you do um, well track? for me and my um the 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 site that i had available i ran on the straightaway which is this a uh, long track that you would run back and forth on and that's how they would count your laps instead of the oval right and okay. it had tape on either end so you knew when to stop okay Okay. And cheerleading, it wasn't really any different. I just, I would say the team was smaller. So we kind of were really close with each other. Mm-hmm. Like there were no clicks or anything like that. So. Right. And then what was gold ball? Gold ball is a sport where there's three um, members on each side of the, the court, which you play in a gym and you set it up like volleyball. We have volleyball nets and everyone's blindfolded. And there's left wing, right wing, and a center wing, and a ball with a bell in it. And one team starts, and so you're supposed to dive to protect the goal so that they they can't um, get a goal on you. I would recommend you guys to check it out um, <laughs> on YouTube <Yeah. laughs> because there's tons of videos. Like, you know, the Paralympics has a team, and so oh, I would really... Wow. You guys should definitely check it out. So you're really focusing on your sense of hearing. 
Yeah, definitely. Everybody, no, no matter if you have vision, no vision, yeah, uh, fully sighted, you all have to be blindfolded. So okay. I think it's really cool to show people, you know, that you can't always rely on your sight. Exactly. Yeah. And so how did you meet your partner, Manny? Um, we went to the same school, the um, School for the Visually Impaired here in Illinois. And um, he's a, a few years older than me, but we, you know, started off as friends and we stayed in touch because back then we had cell phones and uh, <laughs> but it was the flip phone for <laughs> anybody who's curious. It was flip phones and house phones. Uh-huh. Um, and what was the so challenge? Think- what was the challenge right, with having the flip phone? Oh, um, I could only call. I was I wasn't too familiar with texting. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, and the minutes too. You know, we had the call after seven. Oh yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> so Manny also has the same condition as you, correct? Yes. Okay. But he relies on his eyes more than I do. Oh. Okay. Um, he wears glasses, and I like to take my cane with me everywhere. I, I like to use my eyes, but I feel comfortable having my cane and yeah. just making sure, you know. So what is the biggest positive about dating someone who also is legally blind? Well, um, definitely the biggest positive is that they understand where you're coming from. If you're having a, a day where someone is being overly helpful who is fully sighted and they don't understand that you got whatever you're trying to do. If you need help, you know, you'll let them know. So coming home to someone and kind of venting to them and, you know, them not necessarily getting mad, you know, like my family would um, get upset if someone was too helpful, you mm-hmm. know, they would like for me to do it myself. So just having someone to vent to. Okay. And, you know, we both can't drive. So yeah, 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 totally. So I will get into how COVID has affected your life, but I wanted to first ask you, what are some of the simple things that you think fully sighted people take for granted? Definitely the, the driving, being able to wake up, go to your doctor's appointment um, by not waiting on the corner for a bus if it's raining or snowing, just being able to hop in your car and just go <clears throat> yeah. and being able to use eye contact with each other. We can't do that. Yeah. Um, from across the room. So those two things. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot of freedom. Yeah. <laughs> in that. Although you miss the eye rolls, which is kind of a benefit, oh, yeah. actually. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about some of the challenges that COVID has brought to navigating this world. Um, well, for us, we pick up a lot of things. I, for me personally, especially for me, I'm very handsy. So I like to pick up things or touch things and and smell things yeah <laughs> so you know it's always kind of been a, i've been kind of nervous to do so because you just don't know who who's touched what you want to touch before you've gotten there right. if they sneezed in the area or on it without meaning to if they decided not to have their mask because there are a lot of people who may not choose to wear a mask or you know right now that things are opening up right so and then the masks, <clears throat> how have those been challenging for you as well? Um, well, for Manny, his glasses fog up. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so for me, it's kind of just feels like, I don't know, kind of constricting, you know, just breathe. When you breathe out, it's really hot. And, and yeah. we're in summer over here. Um, oh, yeah. So, it's humid. Yeah. yeah. So it's been kind of hard with that. Um, 
Well, and I imagine right. too, like you said, you you know use your, your you have a heightened sense of smell, yeah. right? And so you're impairing your sense of smell as well, and it's almost like a you know a verbal muffle too, right? Yeah. So you're not able to use those too, you know. And already on top of being legally blind, I would I would imagine it's got to be quite challenging. Yes, so. and um, like I know maybe you encounter this too is when you smile like if you say hi to someone or something happens and you're trying to smile like oh wait they can't see me (laughs) right 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 (laughs) so has it made your world seem even more isolating um in a sense yes just because of what I I mentioned about you know not being able to touch not even being able to hug or shake someone's hand because we're all nervous and unsure about who has the virus, who doesn't, and even some people who may have it and not know they have it, you know? Right, right, right. And then I also would imagine asking for help in the store, yeah. right? I mean, is that yeah. difficult? Um, luckily, not here in Springfield, because we mainly go to Target. People know you, but in a store <laughs> yeah, so that you wouldn't know anybody. Right, right, in a store that if I would have gone somewhere that someone doesn't know me, um, and they're... Like, I may want to help you because I see you have a cane. I see you don't see very well, but I'm also nervous for myself because I have a family. So yeah, I'm sure like, um, and Uber drivers too are like, uh, please, you know, wear your mask. And so we always make sure we have our mask and sometimes they don't wear their mask. So that's kind of, you know. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily we have ours. So. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, we're going to take another break, but everyone stay tuned for the Weekly Skinny. On this Weekly Skinny, I would like to talk about hypochlorous acid, or HOCl, and how beneficial it is for the skin. Discovered by French chemist Ballard in 1834, it was first used during World War II on wounded soldiers and also to irrigate water sources for soldiers. The unfortunate part was this extremely powerful healing agent, hypochlorous acid, proved to be very unstable and therefore had to be manufactured on-site and used immediately. Over the years, hypochlorous acid has proven effective in so many ways. In 2016, the US FDA has approved countless products whose main active ingredient is hypochlorous acid for helping to keep harsh bacteria from growing on crops, to cleaning water sources for farm animals and for people in third world countries, to treating infectious diseases and wounds. The EPA has also approved various products with hypochlorous acid for disinfecting hard surfaces and eliminating harsh odors without a toxic effect on the environment, animals, plants, or humans. As it turns out, HOCl, or hypochlorous acid, is the very thing our white blood cells produce. It is our very first defense against any microbial invasion. Our white blood cells actually make HOCl from salt and water. The only problem is we do not make enough of it, and the amount we do make is converted very quickly. BrioTech, a company in Woodenville, worked diligently with their team of doctors, chemical engineers, and scientists to figure out a way to make the very same HOCl, or hypochlorous acid, that our white blood cells make, and make it stable enough to put it into a bottle. In fact, for the first time in 130 years, they figured out a way to produce HOCl without ill-defined or unknown contaminants, offering reliability even after storage for unprecedented periods of time. Not to mention their formulations are free of additives, buffers, preservatives, alcohol, oil, parabens, sulfates, and added fragrance. It is strong enough to work on prions, yet safe enough to use on the skin. 
As a skincare therapist, I have explored applications of this amazing product on my own accord. I have tried their product on my clients with acne, eczema, sunburn, shingles, skin rashes, and fungus, as well as cold sores. The results are amazing. I also recommend it post-procedure to help enhance the skin's own natural healing process, whether you got a new tattoo or permanent makeup. Make it a part of your skincare regimen and check out the plethora of other things HOCL is being used for. Get yours today at briotechusa.com. That's B-R-I-O-T-E-C-H.com and use the discount code BRIOONAIR in all caps at checkout and receive 10% off. That's BRIOONAIR in all caps at checkout. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and to subscribe and share my YouTube channel and podcast, Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P, anywhere you can find podcasts. If you're just joining us today, I have the pleasure of having Delisha Richardson on my show. So Delisha, before the break, you were expressing the challenges that you're facing being legally blind and um, during this pandemic. So would you also say that it's made more legally blind people more recluse? Yes, I feel like um, when speaking with my friends, um, one in particular is kind of not rushing to go back outside. She's um, only gone outside, I would say, once um, during the the protest and maybe to go out to her friend's house to get McDonald's, but nothing major. Mm -hmm. And um, just working, she's since everybody has to stay at home, starting their my two best friends they're starting jobs this summer and it's really hard to get the accessibility because they're not in person so they can't get the laptop or they can't take their laptop let's say to the person so that they can all work and in the same space so it's a bunch of emails and phone calls yeah that's a lot and i really do think that us fully sighted people take you know this for granted you know a lot of things that are being impaired for you um, so yeah, kudos to you. Um, tell us about your YouTube channel. What is it called? Um, it's called Delisha's Life. That's D-A-L-E-S-H-A. Um, uh, sorry, apostrophe S space life, L-I-F-E. Um, but you can find everything like, because I'm the only one who has Delisha's Life. So if you go to Google or any mm-hmm. search engine, you can type Delisha's Life and everything should come up. (laughs) Why did you create it? Originally, it was a hobby because I thought I saw others doing it. And I was like, this looks cool. I want to teach myself how to do this. And um, it was a challenge. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, I had to learn everything and use voiceover, which is a um, something that comes on the iPhone is a screen reader. Yeah. And uh, so but now recent recent years, it's become our mission. show that us as visually impaired people or our friends as blind, totally blind people, we can do just about the same things you can do. Start a family, cook, (laughs) (laughs) clean. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And when did you create this channel? Um, 2016. Okay. Okay. And where do you hope to grow from here, Delisha? I would like to um, hopefully make a a imprint, a, a difference in the world showing you know to to rethink your notions what you have about visually impaired people 
and get to know us in the school setting, in the workplace, out and about, wherever you are, you know, don't, don't sec- uh, take a second thought and walk up to us and say, hey, how you doing? You know, yeah. we're friendly. We don't bite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's amazing. So how can my listeners learn more about you? Um, you can learn more about us, like I said, going to uh, Google and typing in Delicious Life, D-A-L-E-S-H-A apostrophe S space life. We have YouTube, we're on Facebook, Instagram, any social media, pretty much, even Tumblr, even though that's kind of dying out. <laughs> um, so any social media platform, really. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you again being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> awesome. And we're going to take another break, but stay tuned for a brief interview with the lovely Christy Michelle, founder of House of Matriarch. Did you know that your skin is your body's first defense against disease and infection? BrioTech knows and has developed their topical skin spray to enhance your skin's natural healing responses and defenses. BrioTech is all about providing its customers products that help promote skin wellness. BrioTech Topical Skin Spray is a light misting spray free of added fragrance, oil, alcohol, and parabens. All this protection without clogging your pores. It's a must addition to your all-around daily skincare regimen. Try BrioTech, a collection of sprayers from two ounces to eight ounces. With this bundle, you can have BrioTech Topical Skin Spray wherever life takes you. All natural and safe to use from head to toe. Irritations, redness, post-procedure sensitivities? Get BrioTech Topical Skin Spray today. Learn more at BrioTechUSA.com. That's B-R-I-O-T-E-C-H-U-S-A.com. Support your skin at BrioTechUSA.com. And use promo code BRIOONAIR for 10% off your purchase. That's BRIOONAIR for 10% off your purchase at BrioTechUSA.com. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H.com. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. So I'm in the House of Matriarch with Christy Michelle. So Christy, what is House of Matriarch? House of Matriarch is a legacy that I created. It's a collection of fragrances. It's a concept. It's a brand. It's a lifestyle sort of brand. And it's really about getting back to that connection with nature. Uh, the earth and nature and the flowers and the trees as represented in a matriarch, the great mother. And how long have you had House of Matriarch? So I'm going into my 11th year of selling fragrances commercially, 
But prior to launching that first fragrance line, I was making candles Mm -hmm. and other scented things. And I've been kind of dabbling in that really my whole life. And uh, it's an obsession for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. So you've always been interested in perfume and fragrance. Yeah. 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 You know, you're either a scent driven person or you're not. And about 20% of people are highly scent driven. It's just part of a profiling, you know, different personality types and different ways of interacting sensorially with the world. And so, um, if you're one of those people that's scent driven, you know, it, you know, you're the people that have the candles in the house, you know, um, you may not be able to, uh, be in a place with a malodor, you know, like, you know, it might bother you to be, um, in a space where animals are kept or something like that. If it's, if that's hard for you, if you have a sensitive smell, Mm -hmm. um, but also people that are really into perfumes and even into food, people that are your, uh, real intense foodies and your wine aficionados, those people tend also to be scent driven. And I would say that your fragrances have more of an elite presence to them. Would you say that these people that have a finer nose seek you out for your fragrances? Yes, for sure, definitely. There is uh, layered nuances when you're dealing with natural essences. You can sort of think of whiskey and, you know, the different notes that form over time coming from the, you know, the wood barrel and the different aromatics that are used in compounding it. So perfume is just a sort of higher level of that. So you can think of like gin or any compounded high spirit and a perfume is just a more elaborate version Mm. of that. Okay. And so tell me about the name. How did you come up with the name House of Matriarch? So, you know, going back to that whole nature philosophy of uh, the great mother and nature really being my inspiration. And to me, nature is the ultimate luxury. And there's something luxurious about perfume. Um, You know, in the past, perfume was something that was very special. Now in the modern times, synthetic fragrances are being used to to fragrance everything and so everything pretty much has a scent and so we're starting to take for granted even what a fragrance is because everything is so heavily scented and a lot of it is you know functional fragrance or it's being used to cover up other odors and so um we're sort of saturated in scent now and a lot of it's synthetic and then you've got people that have allergies and sensitivities or just they just don't like it you Mm -hmm. know maybe they are somebody who has a sensitive sense of smell and they don't want to go into the mall because of all the smells in there and the perfume and everything that's being sprayed so you know, that's, that's a concern. So people that are more astute and that are tuning into those finer points, they're not going to be attracted to the sort of loud mainstream fragrances that somebody's going to wear out to a dance club Mm -hmm. to, you know, attract attention. This is just a different category of scent altogether. Right. I would imagine too, you don't want to smell like everyone else. I mean, as a woman, I don't want to smell like every other woman. No, you want that unique flavor. You want that unique signature of you, of you. You want people to remember you for your fragrance and for your things to start to become imbued with that fragrance over time, your coat, your handbag, you know, different things that, um, even like your sunglasses will start to smell like your perfume. So your jewelry. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's important that, that, if you're somebody who wants a signature fragrance, that you choose something that is going to be 
uh, pleasant for other people mm-hmm. because sometimes people will have like a certain signature fragrance and it, it might be just really great for them, but it might be something that's loud and hard for other people to be around. And that's, can be really intrusive. And nowadays right. that's not what people are going for. You know, in the eighties, it was okay to be loud with your fragrance <laughs> and we all did wore the obsession and all that and the Calvin Klein stuff. But now it is definitely, um, not a mark of, you know, of anything that's classy or high society to be loud with your fragrance. Mm -hmm. So you do, if you're going for luxury, you want to be more understated and you want somebody to be right there in your personal circle before they can smell your fragrance. Okay. And so you brought up synthetics. You don't use any synthetics in your perfume. Um, you know, in general, I don't. However, once in a while, a synthetic material can be employed magnificently and safely within a perfume. Hmm. So it's really about being super judicious. I use naturals whenever a natural ingredient is available to do the job, which is going to be 99% of the time. But there are a couple of things that you just can't do with naturals. So how do you know what to combine together or what not to when you're making your fragrances? Well, it just depends on the theme. So, you know, I've got thousands literally of notes that I can choose from, you know, and many different uh, varieties of a single ingredient. So, you know, instead of just adding, it's not just jasmine, there's like, well, which variety? Because each variety is going to smell different and be different in the dry down, lend a different effect to the perfume. Even from a different region, it can be the exact same one, but just the growing can be different, like wine. So, you know, sometimes you're working just with a particular material. Sometimes you're working to create an effect and a chord. And so then that material is just going to play its part and it's going to sort of disappear into the whole. So it really just depends on what you're making. Mm -hmm. And if you want individual ingredients to be noticed or if you want them to disappear into something that's a completely new smell. And do you put an intention in every fragrance that you make? Oh, absolutely. And many, many intentions. So there's, there's the overall intention, which is that all of the work that I'm doing is, is all of the materials are consecrated for healing. So it's the overall, uh, ethos of high perfumery is for healing. Mm -hmm. So in general, it's, it's already imbued with that energy, but then each individual fragrance has its own energy and its own unique, sometimes spagyrics, different types of alchemy going into the fragrance. Sometimes I'll tincture crystals, different, um, traces of other types of things to imbue it with that sort of zero point energy to connect it to a time or a place or a plant. Okay. And, um, there is a deep story behind each one. Not all of that is given in the marketing material. You know, some of it is the personal journey. Sometimes, you know, you can present all the levels of what, what has occurred in the creative process. People are going to absorb at what level they're able to. Mm -hmm. So, um, you don't always tell everything about how something was created. Right. Yeah. Okay. So what would you say is the spiritual or esoteric essence to your fragrances? You know, I think that the main part is in the name because when you name a perfume, you're putting that label on there. And if, you know, if you, you're, I'm sure familiar with Dr. Emoto's work, you know, you put a label on Mm -hmm. a bottle and you're going to change the contents. So I think the name of the perfume is important. And when I first started making fragrances, I was sort of, I've always been fascinated by words and names, but as to how many fragrances were named, um, dangerously or in harmful ways, you know, 
poison, obsession, Mm. you know, these, these qualities that are dangerous. And I decided that I didn't want to do anything like that when I was naming my perfumes, because I feel like the names are important and that you want to be invoking something that is desirable. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Okay. And what about colors? Do you associate colors with each fragrance? Definitely. So each fragrance definitely has a color uh, that's assigned to it. And I'm right down to the actual Pantone swatches to pick the exact shade that I like for each one. And from there, that gets carried through onto the, the mood board and the packaging and stuff like that for each fragrance. So and can we go back to, safe. you said, with healing? What is it mm-hmm. that you're trying to heal with your fragrances? So the great thing about fragrances is that they are sort of an all-heal. So the body knows how to work with the essences, with the plant material, with the plant medicine. Mm-hmm. So high perfumery is a very elaborate form of plant medicine because you're taking all of these different essences and you're blasting them into the body all at once. So you're saying to the body, we've got roses and trees and rocks and mud (laughs) and rivers and it's all here right now. Boom. (laughs) And it's like this explosion at this sensory explosion when you're working with natural perfumes and it, it creates this sort of, uh, you know, brilliant mind opening experience and the essential oils and go in and they're going to do something different on each and every person. And that's why it's magic. Hmm. That's where the magic part comes in because you could wear a fragrance many times and have a different experience with it on a certain day. It can be different for you. You can smell something different in it. It can have a different effect on you. And many of the ingredients that are highly prized in perfumery, the most prized are the ones that are consciousness altering. Hmm. So oud, sandalwood, frankincense, a lot of these rose, a lot of these have a direct effect on the subtle body. And we know this with aromatherapy now and science is catching up to what we've known for a long time with folk medicine. And so really it's about plant medicine. This is a very um, beautiful form of plant medicine. It's an art. It's a, it's a, you know, um, sort of the, those who know, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a sophisticated pleasure. Yeah. Um, a a beautiful way to measure the passage of time is in the dry down of a perfume because you know, it's going to take several hours. So, you know, you apply it and then throughout the evening or the day, or, you know, you might put it on at night and dream, you know, so it's (laughs) going to, it's going to have an unfoldment like a song, you know, and so it's going to carry you through, um, on that journey where you're interacting with the smell and then and then later when you smell it again it's going to bring that you know that memory back of whatever it was you were doing before that's that's wonderful so how many fragrances roughly do you have oh hundreds really hundreds but um in the online boutique right now i think i've got about 40 that are actively in production some come and go you know Mm -hmm. they're vintage so when you purchase one you know what year it was produced and they don't go bad because they're made with grape alcohol. Oh. So the, the alcohol continues to age in the bottle like a fine wine along with the essences. And so it doesn't spoil like the sort of perfume that is made with the denatured alcohol that you buy at Macy's or what have right. you. Um, the, all of those types of fragrances with the denatured alcohol, they start to turn after about two years. Okay. You know, you might notice if you have an old bottle of, say, like 
Coco Chanel. It smells totally different than the new stuff. Mm. Well, not only has it been reformulated a little bit, they've changed the alcohol that they use. Okay. And so now the perfume doesn't last as long. Like an old bottle would, would actually still smell good that you bought in the 60s if it was properly stored. But you could buy a new one five years ago and it wouldn't smell as good five years as the old bottle does, even though mm-hmm. it's older. So the newer perfumes that they're cranking out out of the factories, the factory stuff, it does not have the longevity Okay. The shelf life. So where can my listeners find your amazing perfumes? So we're online. We ship all over the world and we've got a great following that has just built over time and people just come back over and over again. What's the website? It's Matriarch, House of Matriarch. They can just Google it and, and it'll go right to it. You can go direct at matriarch.biz or houseofmatriarch.com. It's all there, all of our beautiful perfumes. We also do incense cones. And I make everything here by myself, do it all by hand. (laughs) And so there isn't any risk involved in terms of like, you know, it's not going to a fulfillment center where a bunch of people are touching it. Right. Comes directly to your house from me. You'll appreciate the difference because, you know, it's a true unboxing experience rather than just getting something that's been thrown in. It absolutely is an experience. I have to say for my listeners that it is an elegant, sophisticated experience in that box Mm -hmm. and so much care. You can tell there's so much care and there's so much passion. You can feel your intention as you put the fragrance on. It's, it's Mm -hmm. absolutely fabulous. So it's special. Yeah. Yeah. Every part of it lets you know what's going to be special. Right. Because you're special, right? You're putting this on your skin. <laughs> right. So it yeah. better be up to your standard and yeah. it better be the best it can exactly. be. Because it's it's you know infusing you. When you choose that fragrance each day and you put it on, you're stepping into that energy. Hmm. You're putting that on as a garment. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's really important. And, yeah. and as a healer, natural medicine person, when I decided that I was going to embark, you know, and make a business out of perfume. I thought, what a great way to affect people because this is something that they will use every day. And it's really hard to get somebody to do something every single day. That's (laughs) good for them. Yeah. Right. So it needs to be something that's got a pleasure hook that they enjoy. So I'm sort Mm -hmm. of using pleasure as the bait to do a deeper level of work on them. I see through the yeah. essences, right? And they're choosing that color or the scent or whatever is they're pleasure, drawn to it. Mm-hmm. right? So they're following the beauty, and the beauty leads to the healing. Healing, wow! So it, yeah, be- the beauty path is, I think, the way to go. There are lots of ways, yes, you know, but the beauty way is a beautiful way. And that's so wonderful. It works. (laughs) It works for us. That's wonderful. Yeah. So where does someone start to figure out these natural perfumes? So it's definitely something that you want to try out a few different samples. You don't want to just jump in and buy a big bottle because, you know, if... If it's not your favorite, you don't want to be stuck with a big bottle. But we have beautiful discovery sets, these lovely little sample sets that give you just enough of each perfume to wear it for a few days to see if you really like it. And they're all on sale right now. They're all 40% off. We have about 12 (laughs) different sort of themes that categorize the perfumes into different sets. So if you like florals or if you want dark masculine sort of perfumes or the noble woods, like lots of sandalwood, there's different sets that you can choose from. Okay, great. And they're all 40% off this week. Uh, You have to use a code. The code is the word explore. Okay. Explore. And uh, yeah, all the discovery sets. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks again for being on my show. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me in the house of Matriarch. Yes, thanks (laughs) for coming. Beautiful in here. 
And yeah, everybody just check it out at Matriarch, houseofmatriarch.com. I want to again thank both of our guests for today and also thank Eric, my super producer, and you, the listener. You can find me at sakurasetter.com. Really love the show. Don't be shy. Drop me a line at sakuratlovefromthehip.com. Tune in next Wednesday at 2 p.m. for another episode of Go Beyond the Veil with my fantastic co-host, Rory Reich. Have a safe and happy fourth. And don't forget to make self-love contagious. Go ahead. I dare you.